is into anthony yeah i'm tired go away (laughs) (laughs) oh that makes me sad well anyway super (laughs) vegan brian here i'm sure he'll be a lot more energetic what's up buttercup yeah yeah suck (laughs) eggs anthony and our very special guest brent bowser yes you might know his name he has a princess fetish he likes to wear shells and for some reason, hot sauce isn't what makes his breath fiery. It's just who he is. Hello. <laughs> so last name jokes while you're so clever. Yeah. I know. Thank you so uh, much for being here, Brad. What? Why are you here? What? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What makes you nerdy? Oh, uh, what makes me nerdy? Uh, so I am a uh, former stand-up comedian and current venture lieutenant for Pathfinder Society in the Cincinnati area. Stand-up comedian Brian, you brought a ringer into this. I'm screwed. <laughs> Wait a minute, Mike's not funny. Let's get a comedian on this show to show him. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's a Pathfinder adventure funny. officer. I wonder how Brian knows him. <laughs> yeah, Brian, how did you guys meet? <laughs> uh, actually, through a mutual friend. So, <laughs> so meh. another venture officer. Uh, we, we were introduced by um by Erica, actually. We were introduced by Russ Hackred. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. I introduced you to Erica. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's Kersey Smurf er- Erica, our other guest host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yep. And then the I helped her. introduce her to her husband. Well, that got weird. <laughs> How did that get weird? That's an awesome, sweet story. What's wrong with you, Michael? Shut the fuck up. You didn't we're recording at a weird time. Leave me alone. Jesus, Michael, you ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even get to the Kevin Bacon part. (laughs) (laughs) Valentine's Day is this week and you have to kill the romance and everything. You're you're like the heart Grinch. The heart Grinch. The heart Grinch. (laughs) He makes everybody else's heart grow smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Three sizes that day. (laughs) Three sizes that day. Everybody's heart around Michael shrunk three sizes that day. (laughs) Yeah, bitches. (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to get flowers. Buy another Bioshock game. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. I love how he's like, oh. Anyway, uh, so, friend, this is you actually sound like a pretty awesome dude. <laughs> uh, I am, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna dive into this wonderful topic whose name I'm not going to mention yet, but we are. Going- I, I will. No, Brian. <laughs> I, I will. I'm um, avoiding it. No, we're we're going to talk about um, why Brent hates Joss Whedon. Oh, but first, why he's wrong. <laughs> but but first, that's everybody's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Now, this is your first podcast. You're not quite sure what this is. This is our favorite game that we love to play every time where your hosts sit down with their guests or just themselves and they sit down and they Sit there and they tell you what the most nerdiest thing they did this last week. And then we all take a vote to see who's the king of the nerds till next week. It's a very small country. So let's go ahead and start yeah. with our special guest, Brent. Brent, what's nerdy with you? Uh, so 
In addition to organizing CincyCon that's coming up in March 3rd through 5th in Cincinnati, Ohio, I got to play a brand new character in Pathfinder. Uh, it's an Undine uh, war priest of Caden Kalian. That's the the god of uh, drunken revelry. Love him. Uh, she's amphibious, so she can drink like a fish. Nice. Uh, her name is Wu. It's her birthday, and she's getting married tomorrow. Woo! <laughs> oh, my what God. Congratulations, if you listen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. He made a woo girl priest. Yep. Uh, oh. she, I roll perception checks to look for Becky. She's never around. It's probably because she's off trying to bang Brad. <laughs> oh, man. This is getting better. <laughs> Uh, and when we had to take a, a long walk across town, I made one of the other people in my party hold my shoes. <laughs> Brian, this beats your draft. I'm, I'm going to have to change my nerdy thing. <laughs> you have to now, he, he, or else he wins. Oh my oh, gosh, that is amazing. He rolls, she rolls perception checks to find Becky. She's such a slut. <laughs> He's my best friend, but she's a slut. <laughs> we we I want to play a, a scenario with this chick. That sounds amazing. Well, we're oh. out of time. Brent wins <laughs> nerd podcast. Nerds no, wins, no, no, um, no, no. What's nerdy with you, Anthony? What's nerdy with you? <laughs> um, I put my big my big forty k model together finally. I thought in that like was a really else. in like a really huge like um marathon type like building session what's a marathon to you from the point i started it to the point i ended how many it, netflix episodes <laughs> is a marathon to you yeah um i'd say like a minimum of five didn't you put like 24 hours of work into it yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah i mean not not like straight 24 hours but it was like you know a few hours few hours I, I was sleeping and then i did this and then but like when it started to when it ended it was just a 24 hour process I think if I had to lump all the hours of, like, this was actually me sitting at the table working, it probably came out to, like, 10 hours. That's now, did is that the reason you're tired right now? Because if it is, that, that'll give you points no, towards my vote. I'm tired right now because I, I went to sleep last night. Oh. Or I went to uh, – I worked last night, and then I was sleeping, and then my wife woke me up, and now I'm here on the call. I oh. literally woke up, like, half hour ago. Oh, <laughs> so you'll, you'll start perking up. Yeah. But, okay, I won't vote for you then because that's not why you're tired then. Yeah, no, no votes for Anthony. Okay, tell us a little bit about the model. Yeah, tell us a little about the build. Uh, okay, so I wanted uh, I, I wanted bikers in my army. They're basically it's not that complicated. They're dudes on bikes and um, Lance Armstrong. Nope, nope, motorcycles. Oh, big, hell, big oh, Har- okay, big, Sons big of Harley, big Harley type bikes. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy is actually extremely accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Extraordinarily accurate. Um, And this guy, he's supposed to be the, my lord, the Chaos Lord. He's kind of the the head of the war band, the boss of the army. And uh, I was like, I'm going to put him on a bike. But I'm not going to put him on a bike. I'm going to put him on a thing called a plague drone, which is a giant, nasty, rotten plague fly. It's a demon. It's a giant (laughs) demon fly. Nice. And I was like, this is the one that you like put a lot of planning into, right? Well, not too much planning because I fucked up and I had to like think of a plan. (laughs) A lot of green stuff? Uh, No, no. um, I'll I'll explain. So 
I went to buy the Chaos Lord from the nearby hobby shop in town. Yes. Like, oh, week and a half later, it's still not there. Turns out Games Workshop ran out of them. What? They just were out of stock of that model. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I already paid for it, but okay. So I ended up getting something else. So then I went to the Games Workshop near town, and I got this thing called an aspiring champion. Um, not quite a lord, but he looks he looks lord enough, and he looks badass, and he looks really cool. So I was like, okay, I'll use that guy. His legs are really fucking shitty for what I wanted to do because he's posed in a way that he's running. Oh, so what you have? And to I do? was like, fuck, what am I gonna do? And I was like, okay, well maybe I'll use green stuff, and maybe I'll make like. Like almost like a throne or a palakin on top of the giant drone, and I'll put him on that. And I was like, "God, that'll just look really fucking god awful." And it'll make him like stand up really tall, so it'll basically be towering like just a straight like pillar on top of this thing. And I'll be like, "Oh, that's gonna look really bad." Are you gonna post the pictures on the day this episode goes live? Probably. That's cool. I'll do cool. It, do it, it looked really cool. I got to see it. Yeah. So, so, did I. so, it looks great. so instead, I took one of the bikers. And I was like, I'll use the bikers. And now it's actually so what was supposed to be a chaos lord on this thing is actually just a chaos biker on it. And I'm like, he's the lord, whatever, deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) But I took the weapon from the aspiring champion and I put him there because I was like, that axe, that axe looks badass. It's a really fucking badass looking axe. A a lot of maggots. Well, no, the axes that actually have them. Nice. It's bad axe. I added maggots. <laughs> I did the green stuff and made the little tiny maggots. I did that. Yeah, I know. Michael, I, I, we're, we're running out of time, so Michael, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> I went, recently went to Universal for the first time ever, and surprisingly, being as big as I am, I was able to go on every single ride there, but I, my, my nerdy thing is I actually got to go to the Ollivander show, and I was like the only person in the audience that got noticed by the person who conducts the show that wasn't picked. She actually started talking to me while she was helping another person do the like well, she was had another person for the show. And as I was walking out, the guys like they, they've never done that before. Like she was asking me questions and stuff, but I still had to go get my own wand. You didn't. Oh, just that's use awesome. her wand. Yeah. The, yeah. She starts talking to me and asking me questions and like well, talking to them. Well, like, actually, cut real quick. Um, Brett, can you re- repeat yourself and then Michael can answer again? Uh, you didn't just use her wand. No, <laughs> she. um uh... <laughs> huh? just, uh, huh? uh, <laughs> you have to answer Vi- too. Vibro wand. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, she offered it, but my wife was standing right there. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, when I put like what I was saying when I was walking when we were walking out from the show and going into the actual Ollivander's wand shop, the guy's like pulls me aside. He's like, "Yeah, they've never done that before. That was he's like that was something rare. Be happy." So I was like, "Sweet." But then I still had to go buy my own one. He tells everybody that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, sweet, I'm special. And then like a half hour later, the next show, she never does that. All right. I don't know how I could possibly compete with Brent. Um, So I'm going to share. I'm just going to share what I was going to share anyway. I'm not going to change it. Um, I'm going to a con this weekend. I'm going to Strategicon. So I made a new first level character. I named Chet the frat boy um, halfling hunter who has a giraffe named Champ. <laughs> um, oh. I'm going for the football mascot vibe. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, nice. and he stole it That'd from the dope. other team. 
Oh, that'd be great if you also if you made him an inquisitor of Caden Kaleen. He's, and then, he's like, a hunter who worships Caden Kaleen. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I figured. Um, I figured the hunter hunters are more likely to drink beer on the job anyway. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Oh man, that's even better. You just made it tough, dude. And surprisingly <laughs> but, functional character. I didn't realize how good of an animal companion a giraffe was. Huh. It's basically a medium horse with the highest strength bo- bonus for a medium creature in the game. It really surprised me how, e- how effective it is. Okay, I will keep that in mind then. Yeah. I did not check to see if it was society legal yet, but I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> uh, did it you take favorite enemy nerds who don't know how to party? Eh, it's a hunter. Oh. I would. That'd be great. It's not a ranger. It's a hunter. Can't, I, couldn't, I didn't have a way to give a giraffe animal companion to a ranger without taking an archetype I didn't want to take. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Next time. I'm always more fans. I'm. I'm. My favorite characters are always six level spellcasters. Anyway, <laughs> Dude, like could bards you, and summoners and stuff like that. I've always liked that. I'm sorry, but could you imagine going into every encounter in the scenario, like right before they roll initiative? Do they look like nerds? Not <laughs> that <bad> idea. <laughs> every time. Oh, there's these three goblins over here. You guys are gonna be fighting those guys. Oh wait, uh, do they look like nerds? What? What's my favorite enemy? That'll be the gag. Thanks, Brent. That'll be definitely be the gag. What do they look like, nerds? Because that's my favorite enemy. You should uh, stealth up and put put out some uh, Smirnoff ice, and then if anyone drinks it, that that triggers your ready to action to attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be great. Uh, I like this guy already. Like oh man, you're great. So, um, voting time. Brent wins. yeah i i vote for you guys brent if you were voting who would you vote for uh i gotta go for you brian a man after my own heart yeah (laughs) i I, well we're both going to cons coming up okay you always make new characters right right before you go to a con right yeah yeah so yeah i'm I'm voting for brent though that that yeah (laughs) natural 20 i find becky fuck you (laughs) (laughs) so Michael really hates this topic. We're going to talk about it anyway. I, I I will take credit for picking this topic from the list of topics Brent wanted to talk about. Um, I was going for it from the clickbait angle because anything about hating Joss Whedon will get us more listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are just go through their feed and be like, "What's this? Oh, heresy!" <laughs> Basically, I, yeah. I'm, I'm right here. I'm hoping we can get our first flames. From from this, <laughs> probably. Uh, you know what? I'm a con. You're all named Horace now because this is heresy. <laughs> Brent's trying to blow the fuck up. <laughs> That's fine. I'll I'll spit more truth at him. No, uh, Michael. I'd rather be off Arius. I am off. I'm off Arius. Ah oh, hell. He's a way better heretic. <laughs> He's way better. He spits more heresy. No. Uh, you shall be filleted before the golden throne, boy. So so just a reminder, Michael is hosting this episode and he's supposed to be following the outline that Anthony no. so so heavily wrote. So we don't care <laughs> no. if you hate the topic, Michael. We have to get started. Fine, fine, fine. Today's topic is why Brent hates Joss Whedon. No, that's not the name. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> They're right. Why do you hate Joss Whedon, Brent? There better uh, be a good reason. Well, I, I do have... Uh, and why do you love him? Oh, why do I love him? Oh. We'll, we'll talk about that after daddy. you answer why you hate him. 
Because I have a weird fetish where I like it where people poop on things I love. Uh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my God, I quit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, right, just watch the levels. <laughs> all right. Okay, so to to sum it up very succinctly, uh, I think Josh Whedon wrote one good story, and then he's just told that story over and over and over again and wrote it for all it's worth. Uh, and that story wasn't very good. Yeah, what was that one? Uh, the generic story where uh, the the strong woman and uh, the other kind of like strong guy – uh, tag along with the really socially awkward guy that has feelings and doesn't know how to deal with them. Uh, and they fight that army of things that aren't people. And the whole time, the whole time, everyone is super sarcastic about everything. And then like one of them dies, but just one of them. And then <laughs> everything is happily ever after. But Angel came back. <laughs> but he came back. <laughs> But Angel Michael's argument for everything that Fred <laughs> says for the entire episode. But Angel came back. <laughs> <laughs> and Wash is still dead. Yeah, because they haven't done anything with Firefly. Except for the comics. So give us a few examples of how the plot is reused. Um, okay, so Firefly was uh, was pretty good, you know, for, for what it was. It was his first uh, four-way uh, foray into the uh, you know mainstream, if you will, um, and he hit the his typical cast of characters. Gold, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just keeps telling those characters over and over and over again. Uh, but I mean, like you said, Wash dies, and it's real sad because everyone likes Wash. And then he found out, oh, okay, so that's what that's what people will talk about. Okay, so then he just keeps doing that over and over and over. Uh, the Reavers. <laughs> You know, the Reavers are like this not quite alien group, you know, but they're they're clearly like not part of what everyone else has to interact with. Uh, so it's, real, it's so, real easy to fight a whole army of them and not actually have to develop a strong central villain character. So I'm really seeing your point, because in Buffy, you got the socially awkward character Willow mm-hmm. in Dollhouse. You got the social socially awkward character Topher. On Firefly, it was sort of a cross between some aspects of Kaylee, some aspects of River, and some aspects of Wash. So it was a little bit more dynamic there. Mm-hmm. What about Angel? Angel, it was um, Wesley. Yeah. And then uh, uh, right. it's Agent Coulson in Avengers. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's uh, um, kind of sort of, I would say, more Holden than Marty in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, it's definitely Dr. Horrible. Oh, for sure. Because mm-hmm. he's not a corporate yeah, tool. Do horrible yeah, person. <laughs> uh, it was, um, gosh, in Titan AE. Which one was it? It was either the it one that. The, uh, the little the green one. Sign. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name either, but yeah, him. Yeah. I woke up from my nap. <laughs> yeah. So so there's oh. always that character. Um, the, the strongest fighter in the group. Uh, the the kind of the ubermensch, if you will, uh, is always a woman. Uh, not that they can't be, and not that we're not getting in, into that, but it's just you can clearly tell 
as soon as a woman walks on, you know that she's going to be the smartest, the strongest, the best fighter, the best tactician, while equally being uh, one of the funniest people. Um, really yeah. no, no flaws to a point of like unbelievability. So like Mary yeah. Sue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A really Mary strong Sue. Mary Sue. Yeah. Okay. Borderline babyface, actually. Yeah. So you hate the you repetition of the, the thing. Mary Sue, Michael? Yeah. What? You... Um, are you familiar with the Mary Sue term, Michael? Yeah, that's a good question, Anthony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the, basically the okay. pure fresh off the truck bumpkin. Yeah. Okay. No, like, uh, that, no, that no, is no, not no. what a Mary Sue is. That's no, not Mary. Like, no, a Mary it's... Sue is a character inserted into fiction that is basically unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's what I mean. Like they're pure. They're like they're they're golden, but at the same time they're very strong. They're not always they're not always pure. No. No. But in more times than not, they are. No. That's not what it means at all. You're wrong. Shut the fuck up, Michael. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just like this super unbeatable. Just yeah. everything about them is perfect and wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Like Buffy and um, oh, my God, you're going to hate me. I can't remember her name on Firefly. Yeah. The, the first mate. The Yeah. Zoe. Zoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's good at everything. Like there's nothing she's not good at. Keeping her husband alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good one. Uh and- you she you said up. that the the use of death you don't like the way he uses death. Uh, no, I mean the the and I'm I'm real picky on death too, and I'm not anti death or anything like that. I mean I totally understand from watching other other team dynamics, uh, especially in like Star Wars, for example. Like no one dies in Star Wars. Obi Wan, but he at the time he was not the main character. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, main but, characters don't die. Right. Uh, did you guys miss the most recent one? Well, hold on. That's the second part of what I respect about death is, um, like everyone dying. I'm perfectly fine with, or having just a few survivors. Cause that's where it feels that goes back to, you know, Josh's philosophy of like, he's so lackadaisy about death. I'm like, well, people die. I think everyone dies at some point. So we just die. We just die, 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 die. And that's fine when there's like a whole bunch of people that die um, or like no one dies because, you know, you're living in the, the mythos, the mythology aspect of the story. One person dies. It's tragic. But then that's kind of all he does is just one person dies. And yeah, I think like he wants the emotional impact without the um, without the full on investment of destroying his work. Right. And I also am not familiar with a lot of times where Josh Whedon gives characters obstacles to deal with long term. So if we look at some other like notable characters in other works of fiction, uh, Batgirl being the primary one, Batgirl is paralyzed and has to learn to continue to still be useful and productive in the Batman family, despite being crippled from the waist down. And I feel like if Josh Whedon wrote Batgirl, she would have just died. No, she did. <laughs> Oh, she'd be she'd be super dead. I, I yeah, see where you're coming from, because like it's like he tries to do it sometimes. Like in Buffy, he gouged out Xander's eye, but there was almost no consequence for that. Right. Uh, in Titan A.E., when uh, uh, Kale and um, the uh, love interest, uh, Akima or whatever her name is. I think it was Akima. Yeah. Uh, they're running away. She gets <laughs> shot in the arm. They tell her lie down and rest. And then, like, she's just moving this arm around <laughs> that had a, a full puncture wound. And she's like, whatever. Like, he, he doesn't – I don't think he's good at writing 
long-term consequences. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, I love George R. R. Martin. I know this is going to sound like a hard George R. R. Martin kills everyone. Yes, he kills everyone. But you For also reason. right. But you also have characters like Jamie Lannister who loses his sword arm and is still living and trying to learn how to play the Game of Thrones without just stabbing everyone that gets in his way. Well, and even yeah. even the deaths have long lasting effects that still continue to this day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the I will acknowledge uh, Spike is probably the example that I like because he died, but then he was still around. And then there was a whole like, oh, I'm a ghost. Well, crap, I can't do this anymore. And <laughs> now he has yeah. new strengths and new abilities, but he's not used to that. So I, I will give credit there that Spike I thought was handled well and it was different from his typical modus operandi. But man, one point Joss. Yeah. But yeah, everything, everything else. <laughs> well, just- I don't know. Maybe maybe Joss Whedon doesn't deserve any real credit for that. Maybe it's mostly James Mar- um, James Marster or oh. Martin. Yeah, Marsters. Maybe. Oh. yeah, maybe it was just James Marsters. Maybe he made the character really good. And if it wasn't him, the plot ports points would have fallen flat. That's very possible. Good point. That's very possible, but now I, I do I agree with Brian. I do see what you're saying. He he does looking over his body work. He does seem to recycle a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same plot point, the the same team dynamics. The the main hero being uh, a very jaded, but let's we got a job to do kind of character. You you can see that in most of his leads. Yeah, and and, and but I, at the same time, I think that's become more of a common point for a lot of storytelling. Um, and you know, and that's where we could maybe argue a uh, chicken or the egg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that could be what uh, did society did you know storytelling follow that suit or did he follow storytelling? Yeah. So, well, when you brought up the idea of the template, the four character template with the strong, awkward, um, what were the other two? Uh, the dark brooding and dark brooding. Yeah, I I immediately thought of Sex in the City. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't know Joss Whedon did that. There's um there's a storytelling method called the four humors where you have those four templates of characters and it's ancient. It's mm-hmm. not new. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Uh Fantastic yeah. Four even to a certain degree, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They follow it. Yeah. yeah and it's uh, terrible though. Yeah. And I and that's that's my thing is um I'm not necessarily against going uh, um, recycling tried and true methods. I mean, they work, so do it, you know. Um, but like I said, he's just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, we have a we have a joke amongst uh, my friends in the music community. Uh, what's your favorite Ramon song? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers, you know, like if you like one of their songs, you probably like 14 years of their songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so if you like what you like, that's fine. But I don't I don't buy into the accolades that he is so fantastic. Uh, I think he's fantastic at the one thing he does. But I think there are much more talented people with a variety of skill sets that get passed over for things. Um, so you you couldn't define something that you like about him because everything he does seems to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to the point where, well, okay. I will say the one thing I do like about him, um, given the right circumstance and context 
is also the thing that I hate most about him. And that is his dialogue. Uh, so he got his start writing for Roseanne. Uh, I thought Roseanne was a fantastic show. I loved it when I was growing up. That show was uh, amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, he I'm pretty sure he's the one responsible for the uh, the first woman to woman kiss on TV. I think that was during his run. I think so. I'm not. I can't be sure. Yeah. With uh, uh, Sandra Barnhart and Roseanne. Yeah, I think that was I think that was him. Yeah. I mean, it's two girls kissing, so there's a very strong chance. It screams Joss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think <laughs> it's what he does <laughs> from Willow <laughs> to Sigourney Weaver and Winona Ryder and Alien Resurrection. It's like, come on, they're going to do it. Anyways. <laughs> it's like he just, in found, on he just found a bunch of hot point things and he fits them into every show and movie he does. Yeah, pretty much. And I think he's fantastic at writing sitcom dialogue. And I think that really takes me out of certain aspects. I mean, that's what took me out of Firefly is it's we're going to ignore that. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded a lot like a sitcom on a lot of aspects. Uh, it pulled me out of Avengers because there are when you especially when you have so many movies leading up to that, these characters are pretty established mm. and Captain America isn't funny. Thor does not do little throwaway asides and, and giggle and whatever. Um, as much fun as Hulk punching Thor off the uh, space whale was not in his character. And there's a lot of Joss Whedon that bleeds through in his work. I mean, if you love Joss, you, you get to see seven characters talk like Josh Whedon and it's fantastic. He is so <laughs> funny, but if you want to see distinct personalities, uh, they're not there. I mean, his run on astonishing X-Men grossly mischaracterized so many characters. Um, when, when Joss Whedon is writing, it's not just him. I mean, you got his brother and you probably got a team too, right? So uh, yeah, for the most yeah, part, so you can't people. really, it's hard to be able to say, cause like, um, if you look at, um, trying to think of something, his brother did on his own. I don't think they're really, I think there are things, but it's all things that Joss produced. Yeah. Well, yeah the only thing I can think his brother really took the helm on was, um, working up the storylines for leaves on the wind the Firefly miniseries, but at the same time, that was still his brother's property. Mm. So I can't really think of anything he's done uh, like solely without Joss. So, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just going to put a, a point in Brent's court that, you know, anything good in a Joss Whedon work is probably done by his brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> is it fair, Michael? His brother has done a lot of good things with the with the comic series and that they've done with the mini comic series that they've done for Firefly since Serenity. So that so. means anything Joss does is bad and only good stuff is his brother. No, he's <laughs> no Joss does a lot of good stuff. It's just his brother has good ideas, too. This is and I'm trying to share on Michael viciously episode. I know knew it was going to yeah. be. Oh, yeah, because um, I, I worship at the altar that is Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just want I'm not against you know some of the things that he's done there. I do see flaws in, all, in his in a lot of his works, but at the same time, I really love them. Like you're right that he does do you know the four humors template you know uh, with his own with his own panache, but at the same time, he carries it over to most of his work. And from Buffy to Titan to Avengers, he has rehashed his main character. He has rehashed 
his comic relief. Now, the thing with Thor, it's he's following a, t- uh, a template that I've seen before in Ultimate Avengers, and it's that Thor's not trying to be funny or quippy. It's just that some of the things Thor says leads to an awkward moment that can be deemed funny. Like this, the line, the original Avengers, the line about his brother. Yeah. So he's, like, he's like, well, he's still he's still my brother. And then they say something that horribly did. And he's like, well, he's adopted. And it's supposed to be like, well, he's not perfect. But and it's not supposed to be like a quippy. It's just supposed to be like Thor living in a matter of fact moment. And it just comes off awkwardly funny to everybody. Right. And there and the follow up moment to that where um, Iron Man makes the reference to Wizard of Oz and Steve Rogers goes, oh, I get that one. Perfect. That like that fits his character because this yeah, whole but, man out of time like that is fine. That works perfectly. I'm not not critiquing that per se. Yes. But Age of Ultron when uh, Tony Stark goes into the uh, Hydra base and he goes, uh, "Well, that was easy." And then the guy goes, "No, it wasn't." Like really, <laughs> minion? <laughs> yeah, that no, that you're, that that's actually really clunky, honestly. Yeah. And it's a rehash of an old joke from like. Monty Python era where it's just like, well, I'm going to shove this down your throat, jackass. Yeah. So and I know this is where, you know, the the argument back and forth goes, well, how do you know there wasn't Disney forcing him to do things? And and, you know, to to Brian's point, you know, there's always other people uh, working with him on these shots. Yeah. On these projects. So it's it's hard to determine outside of much ado about nothing. Which technically he can't write. It's a Shakespeare thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, the the thing with Disney though, and Marvel Studios on top of it, they're both heavy-handed with with these yeah. Marvel projects. They will step in very harshly. But I, it, even though he says you know they did a lot of things and and pushed a lot of agenda on him, those movies still seem very Joss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I've described Age of Ultron as the most Whedonist thing that Josh Whedon has ever Whedoned. <laughs> uh, now, now, Josh, Josh has done other other things, too. And I, I wonder if you think the template applies. So, I mean, he was the most important script fixer for Toy Story. Yes. Yeah. I'm, did, yeah. did he Whedon that or did he make that a better thing? Um. So I... You know, I, I let's go back to my point about Roseanne. Uh, I think he weedened it, but I think that helped. Uh, especially part of what helps is with Toy Story, like that was brand new. Like these were brand new characters; these weren't anything else um, that had been previously established. So he's got carte blanche to do what he needs to do with it, um, and you don't really need that much dynamic. Uh, you know, in a, in a kid's movie, it's OK for characters to be um, fewer dimensions or or pretty similar, you know, just to like get your point across. I mean, especially when you're trying to sell toys, you don't want, to, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't want to not you don't want to have not likable characters um, because you're not going to make merchandising off that. Um, so I think that's fine in that aspect of it. I will say. Buzz throwing his arm at Woody when he asks for a hand—that's that screams Joss humor. Yeah, <laughs> but it's and, funny. And oh, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, in that situation, it works perfectly. And then, and like I said, it's fine. Um, it's when he starts trying to play with other people's toys that I feel like he breaks them a lot. He's that kid you don't loan your uh, Transformers to anymore. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. Hey, 
Yeah, actually. I'm actually not as staunchly against you as I thought. I gotta go cancel that car bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Again, just trying to keep with his body of work. If you love it, you love it. Uh, I I like majority of what he's done, and I have seen clunky things that he's done, but I don't know, because when I was very young, I... I loved his Buffy work. I Angel was like my jam. I thought that show was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found Fire, and then when he did Firefly, I was just like, "This thing is amazing!" And I turned into Sheldon for a moment. Let's face it; it's going to be on for years. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like canceled. And I was like, "Ah, oh, son of a bitch!" Yeah, and you know the first couple seasons of Buffy I really enjoyed as well. Um, and then it gets to I think part of what makes me dislike him more is how much everyone else loves him. He's yeah, he, he's he's got that. Yeah, giant I, I can see how that because you see these you see these flaws and you're like, how in the world could everybody love him so much when these flaws are so so glaringly obvious? Right. And, you know, it, and it's I think Dr. Horrible is fun. I think the once more with feeling episode is is fun. That is a good episode. Um, I yeah, uh, his his episode of glee uh was was interesting yeah was I, very yeah i agree yeah i mean i i appreciate that he's willing to diversify and do these sort of things um but when people are like oh my gosh it's so great ah we musical i'm like okay it's fun but man trey parker and matt stone those south park boys just knock it out of the park man they're so good <laughs> They're so good at musical yeah. stuff, and they shouldn't be. But it's so good. Book of Mormon yeah. is amazing. The South Park movie was yeah, yeah. So I, that's the thing is, I, I do like when he does does those. But it, it got to a point where it's like, it's Joss. There's going to be a musical episode. There's going to have something to do with music. Mm-hmm. I just wish Mike, that Michael, if they did a Firefly musical, you would star in the stage play. Don't lie. <laughs> I was about to say I was like, no, if you, I was about to say Firefly on longer and got a musical episode. I I probably would never speak in words again. I'd speak in freaking Firefly musical quotes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Right. If you haven't figured this out, I am like true blue diehard brown coat. You know, big whoop. You want to fight about it, kind of guy. I'm I'm used to it. <laughs> There's a lot but, of you out there. That's why he has all the money. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm also not the guy that's like, no, you're fucking wrong, bro. Joss is just an innovator. He found something that works, and you're going to just shit and die if you don't get it. But I'm not that guy. <laughs> I, I see faults in my war and my altar of worship. We're good. All right. Then that's cool. He's not, uh, so, to, to, he's not the, the golden emperor of mankind. Sitting upon his life support throne. No, he's he's a person who does some pretty decent work, but he can fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ah. Uh. So Michael brought up some of the things that he actually likes. So maybe me, Brian, and Michael could go around and actually say some things that we like about Joss Whedon to give to give him a bit of a break in this episode. And no, no, it'll let Brent Get respond that. to us with his counters. Yeah, I'll let you know how you guys are wrong. <laughs> oh, and maybe and Brent could even chime in with maybe a few things he kind of likes. Can't be all hate. Okay. Well, he does give Elijah Dushku a lot of work, and she's <laughs> <laughs> she needs that paper. I like that he get. I like that he gives his actress work. They're happy. <laughs> <laughs> he puts people to work. Okay, she'd be she'd be unemployed without him. I like his. I I do like that too. I like how he has a whole network of friends that he continues to reuse. I mean, that's a good thing to see. Oh yeah, yeah. I do I get. A little I got a little do you want to help? <laughs> 
I do get a little, little annoyed that Nathan Fillion is always Nathan Fillion in his. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked. Uh, um, oh gosh, what was the ABC series? Uh, Desperate Housewives. I like Desperate Housewives. Nathan Fillion. I like uh, his Hal Jordan voice work. Hal Jordan voice work is good. Yeah, he's. I, uh, I, I did see him on Desperate Housewives. That was that was an interesting one for me. Yeah, he was great on he was great on um, Santa Clarita Diet. If you haven't seen it yet, it's really good. It's in my queue. So yeah, I he's really good. Still. Um, well, my whole my Joss Whedon since um, I'm a big deal Buffy fan. I when Buffy was on TV, I used to have like seven or eight people over to watch every Tuesday when it was on. <laughs> um, so that's, that's my show. favorite. Now I'll just make it quick. Yeah, that's my favorite. I've I've gotten to meet Nicholas Brandon. I've gotten to meet James Marsters, and I'm I'm it's just jealous. yeah anything Buffy. I'm just all happy about that. Buffy, um, Buffy. What I like about what I like about Buffy is it was the first time I'd seen misfit type high school characters that I could really relate to, and it had a really good grasp of metaphor for problems in certain ages and i liked that i liked that every story was a metaphor that it was it was kind of ham-fisted at times but i think it was meant to be well yeah yeah uh, michael likes firefly so anthony <laughs> yeah what's up it, what do you like <laughs> um i also do really like firefly but i'm gonna use that to expand onto like a bigger topic of something i do like about him so a while back i um uh, in college i took a screenwriting course and our professor asked a question of um basically uh are cliches bad in writing and a lot of the kids in our class were like yeah you don't want to use cliches and i was pretty much the only student in my class who was like no cliches are great i was and the professor was like okay why i was like because a cliche is basically you know it works it's something that's been done. You know for a fact it works. There's nothing wrong with borrowing good stuff. Great artists steal from other great artists. Yeah, I think um, with audiences, audiences don't want something they're uncomfortable with. So throwing cliches here and there increases the comfort level and makes someone more likely to sit through a whole thing. So, But here's the thing, though, is you do have to change it. So, uh, you know, I've heard this many times. There's no such thing as an original story, just original ways to tell it. And I personally do think, maybe Brent disagrees, but I do think he does take a, stories that maybe, you know, Whedonism has not touched it. And he adds, he injects his own Whedon style into it. So I like the fact that he takes these cliched stories and he goes like, I'm going to inject myself into this and I'm going to tell it my way. And I, I like it when I see an artist take an old tried and true story and go... I'm going to tell it my way and tell it from a totally different, weird perspective. Oh, Exam my God. You just made me think of something, Anthony. Uh oh, Brent is more right than I even thought he was, because he said that Joss uses the same characters all the time. It's not mm -hmm. just that there's plot elements that are repeated, like mm -hmm. in every single one of those movies and shows. Um, I'm sure with a few exceptions, but there's an evil corporation controlling everything in the background. Furman Hart. Wolferman Hart. That is a big cliche. A lot of people do yeah. that. <laughs> but I mean... It, he took it to the nth degree. But he took it to the point where you could almost connect them into one universe where, like, There's Dollhouse a, was controlled by a big corporation. Angel had... And Buffy had Wolferman Hart. Um, Avengers. Flight. S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up becoming the evil corporation. Oh, yeah, they did. 
Uh, Cabin in the Woods. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. And then Firefly had the Alliance, which was and the Blue Sun Corporation. Yeah. Okay. Let's say that's a government. But um, and then and then um, Doctor Horrible had the ELE. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Evil League of Evil. Oh my God! I hate Joss Whedon now. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome. No, 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 no. no. Okay, it's done. There was actually uh, just converted someone. <laughs> congratulations, Brent. Now, Brian, now I have to kill my best friend. <laughs> and oh, see, Brian can take me. And see, immediately, your first instinct is you have to kill your best friend. That's so Whedon. Can't you think of other things? <laughs> i mean i mean i'm going to sit him down and show him some of the movies and be like isn't he great i might have to break your kneecap but i won't kill him no yeah no no yeah no good you're learning you're expanding diversify your story are you gonna put eye clamps on my eyes are you just jumping to other directors and emulating them and are you stanley kubrick now clockwork whedon (laughs) (laughs) Eden. I'm gonna do it. Serenity, uh, Serenity, eight hours uh, in an eight-hour loop with those freaking clam- eye clamps on. Ah! <laughs> Some rivers don't get crossed. <laughs> but okay, so we we have found these massive gaping plot devices that he has shoved in there, and the templates that he's like, "Hey, it works. Let's not change it." Is there anything that you think that he could like improve upon, Brent? Uh I well, first off, I would like to see him stick to his own creations. I um, I know I've mentioned it before. Uh, I Firefly worked for him because that was his universe and his people. Uh, Buffy works because it's his universe and his people. Um, X Men and Avengers it just turns into him. So uh, hating, on also- hating on Wolverine, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wolverine isn't that snarky. Cyclops doesn't have a sense of humor. Beast does. That's fine. But even Kitty, I'm like, you're not. Ugh. You're not Kitty Pride. You're not. Yes, you're Buffy. You're not Kitty. You're dyslexic, Josh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I would. What if as, Buffy could walk through walls? <laughs> basically is what it was. She got uh, that ability in one episode. Oh, of course she did. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course she did. Uh, especially when that old guy was totally hitting on her. That was so creepy. Uh, so, yeah, I think as long as he sticks to his own stuff. And I think he's very aware in what he does. Um, he's very meta. Um, I mean, you can see that in the the jokes that he writes for characters. You can see that clearly in Cabin in the Woods. I think if oh, he yeah. took a moment to step back and look over his body of work and realize that this is, there's a whole genre that's just Joss Whedon. If he did a meta movie about his movies, I think it would be phenomenal. Um, He could start by just like, you kill everybody. Actually, that is the one thing I kind of liked about the ending of Cabin in the Woods is uh, uh, when the big hand comes out, like everyone dies. Because the world ends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I like, so I like that aspect of it. I thought that was a yeah. nice pace for him. And I love how they're just sitting there like, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see characters that aren't witty all the time. You have somebody that's a bit of a deadpan. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we all have our moments where we're funny and some people try to be funny and they're just not. 
you know, and some people are That'd funny. A good character for him to write one day. Yeah, yeah, a bad. He tries to be funny, but just yeah, like that would yeah, I, some some diversity in that kind of dialogue. Well, we got that with like some me. of the new Marvel directors. Maybe that's what's improving on the work is that people are looking at the body of work and they're saying, OK, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. Let's only do what works. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, James Gunn learned a lot of that uh, when it came to Guardians. Yeah, because I immediately thought of yeah. the dynamic in Guardians and it's different. It's yes. not the same as the, the Whedon template. No. Uh, and, you know, Gamora isn't funny. Uh, you know, Groot's another one of those situational funnies. Uh, Drax is a situational funny, but it's but they're funny not in a way that Star Lord and Rocket are funny. Well, Dra- yeah. Gra- Drax isn't. He's not cracking jokes. He's just saying things that end up being funny. Right. Yeah. Which is totally different from you know Rocket, who's the most sarcastic and the ha ha ha. Hold on, I'm not done laughing. Ha ha ha. You that, you make yeah. me think about why I hated the um the ghostbusters movie so much um the remake um oh. i hated that movie because every single character in that movie was a comedian yep and it bothered the crap out of me like yeah. from the beginning to the end i mean there's jokes being cracked left and right and i do not want to see that in my movies i i didn't really notice it in in any of joss whedon's work but until now thanks brent <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think Ghostbusters was sort of the extreme of where that could go. Yeah. I mean, well, you yeah. can't have, you can't have every joke needs a setup. And so if everyone, if everything is a punchline, then there is no setup. If everything is funny, then nothing is funny. This is very true. That's a good point. That, that's very true. Well, we are out of time for our topic. We can talk, we can just talk about bullshit now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, if we can work out a schedule, could we have you back to talk about some more stuff? Because you, I, I like having people that are um, willing to share um, unpopular opinions. Oh, yes. Uh, I would be happy to. Um, what do you got going on you want to talk about? You got anything you're doing that's fun, nerdy, um, uh, some someone's project you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, let's see. So I've got several things coming up. Uh, I have... Uh, CincyCon in Cincinnati, Ohio, March 3rd through 5th. Uh, I will also be at Origins in the Pathfinder Society room. That is around the week of June 16th, I believe. So hopefully I can uh, see some of your listeners out for that. Uh, I, You can follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, Brent.Bowser1337. Um, Don't send an hate mail, guys. Yeah. Or <laughs> do it. I like the attention. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I follow I like Brent on Facebook. I follow Brent on Facebook. He says some pretty insane things. Uh, and I've <laughs> I got, think I might have to. I've got a cute bunny you can look at. His name is Ted. Ted Bunny. Um, I got a question for you, Brent, because I'm able to do this, but um, I don't know if anybody else would be able to without knowing. Um, mm-hmm. so you said you're a former stand-up comedian if oh, someone yeah. wants to find your work on let's say youtube how would they do that uh there's some work on youtube uh if you look for vincent holiday you can also find uh, my album uh vincent holiday too soon on itunes amazon and spotify hmm yes so i'm gonna tell everybody about something brent did uh oh so brent was the officiant at erica's wedding oh and he did the he did the uh, Princess Bride wedding. 
No. Mm-hmm. Ha. I've yep. never seen that movie. Oh, oh my right. god. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking Anthony. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So Anthony, you were a little quiet there. So what you said is you never saw that movie. Yep. Oh my god. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> There's a lot of movies I haven't seen, Brent. <laughs> like a lot. It's, it's fine. A lot of good ones. No, it's not fine. A lot fine, of good Brent. ones. It's, it's not, not fine that he's on Nerd Podcast Radio and he hasn't seen The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, but who needs other movies when you can just watch season one of Firefly on loop? So, you know, if you got it. Right? Now, with Anthony's <laughs> video games, he doesn't have time for movies. Anthony's a video games guy, but... Oh, okay. Brent, real quick. Mm-hmm. Firefly was actually like a deal breaker for me and my wife when we were dating. Really? When we yeah, started dating, like, I was, really I saw that Firefly was on Netflix. I was like, oh my god, Firefly's on Netflix. She goes, what's that? You've, you've never seen Firefly? No. Start, turn on, start watching it. And I was like, now just so you know, if you don't like this, we're done. And she starts watching. She's like, oh my. And she ends up loving it. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> So she's just and, been faking all this time. Considering, yeah, she really actually hates it. Yeah, I know. Not, oh, man, that would break my heart. Yeah. Two weeks later, getting a divorce. <laughs> Why? Why? She hates getting the divorce. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of, uh, you should check out a friend of mine, uh, Mikey Mason. Mikey, Mikey Mason. Yes. Uh, he is a, another comedian and he has a song uh, about uh uh, she don't like Firefly. Oh, Mikey Mason. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that. We've, yeah, we. Oh, yeah, you're actually friends with him. We've talked about him yeah. on the podcast before. Really? Oh yeah, he's a he's a fantastic guy. Oh, I love his song. Yeah, we've song. we've talked about him on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. They bring up that song like every other episode. Yeah, <laughs> I totally didn't realize that was his name though. Wow, I'm a bad person. So, um, I'm going to Strategicon this weekend. I'm only going for one day though. I'm going for Sunday. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, you signed up for a table? Woo! No, I'm I'm not unless they listen to the podcast, I'm not telling anybody I'm going. So, just to surprise people. No, don't worry. I'm sure nobody listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there well, David Theopold the third listens and he'll probably be there. Yeah, because so, you know your face. If you are listening, don't tell people. Yeah, he knows me. <laughs> it's like, well, does he know your face? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to a strategic con. But I probably won't be playing Pathfinder. <laughs> I'd probably, I'd probably only be playing one game this time because I'm only going for the day. Probably do vendor room mostly. That's what I think I would do. Board games. I need to go to one. So now, Brent. Yes. We ever have you back on to hate on something else? Oh man, I hate uh, hate a lot of things actually. How do you guys feel about J.J. Abrams? Fuck that guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I really like J.J. Uh, Abrams' work. So yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love to talk about. We can do. We can do a whole series of why Brent hates shows. Yeah. Hang, on, hang on, guys, guys. No matter who we hate on or who we like, it's going to be about stuff Anthony hasn't seen. <laughs> well, I was going to say, just don't hate on Warhammer 40k, or else we're going to have problems. Um, hey, so, can we talk yeah. about how shitty Warhammer is? Then I'll, then I'll get into that argument. Yes. I want to be able to. Anthony, start any ammo on that. I have I have a very limited like I have like half a clip on that so uh, yeah yeah see I, I never got into Warhammer because I don't hate my spouse so I never <laughs> oh my god 
never found the appeal of, of, you know, hiding at the game store and painting for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was beautiful. Nice. My wife listens to the show. She's going to hear that. I'm going to get shit now. <laughs> she's just like She's going to hear that part and just scream. I fucking knew it. <laughs> uh, here's the fucking kid. I'm going out. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy now. Um, I do. I do have a upcoming podcast announcement to make. Um, okay. First time heard here. The Order of the Amber Die is a gaming group that does marathon game sessions. You can read about them on the Paizo website. They do a periodic blog when they do their marathons. They run through one book of an adventure path in an entire weekend, and they use a lot of innovative RPG methods. We're going to have them on our show. And we're going to get some exclusive information about two weeks before the Paizo blog gets it. So we're going to have them on at the end, like um, right at the beginning of April, on April 10th. They're going to, we're going to do an episode with three of them. So I'm really excited about that. We're not just doing an episode. We're getting cool information. Too. Yeah, we're actually, we're having them on the podcast on the fourth day of their marathon. They're going to finish gaming, then talk to us and tell us about the game. So they're going to be doing they're doing the strange Aeon's adventure pass. So we're going to split the episode up into spoilers and not spoilers, but the spoilers at the end of the episode. Oh, cool. Because uh, I the strange Aeon's path. Can I can we talk about that sometime? <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the call, too. We'll right the for, start shitting on it. Yeah, we'll schedule you for right after that call. That'd be good. Yeah, because I'm I'm running it right now, and like book one, I was just like, whatever. As long as they don't, and then book two, I was like, damn it, they fucking did. <laughs> Brent starts Son hitting on HP Lovecraft. <laughs> There's plenty of ammunition to hit on HP Lovecraft. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, well, you know what? I think we're gonna have to set up a spinoff podcast for Brent's podcast, where it's just Brent hates everything. Yeah, yeah, that's- <laughs> I am in for that. <laughs> Shit, Brent, shit. <laughs> Anybody else got anything they want to share? Oh, For Honor came out. What's that? Okay, uh, have you ever heard of the game Chivalry? No. Okay, well, uh, Chivalry <laughs> was a re- was a realistic fighting game where basically everybody was a knight, and uh, and it, it's just a realistic fighting game with warriors. For well, Honor. For Honor is one like that, too, where it's um, you pick up one of three factions, either knights, samurais, or vikings. I am tied between samurai and Viking, and they all fight each other. Vikings, bro! Vikings! Ah, Valhalla! Is it, Vikings. A, is it a mobile game? No, no, it's no! It's a console like, game. Oh, on all the consoles is on PC, and you just beat the fuck out of each other. I've been, um, yeah, I've been playing with the idea of downloading um, Shadowrun Returns. Hmm. I haven't played it. I heard <clears> it. Good. Oh, Anthony, I listen. I watch uh, Man at Arms uh, Reforged. You watch it too, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I know. I know you do. This week, I know, but this week's episode. Have you seen it yet? No. They make a uh, Viking Danax, and oh. it's like it's as tall as me. Wait, Danax? Yeah, they make a Viking Danax. Fighter of the Nightnax. Oh yeah, like champion of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they they did a full. They did oh a- my god, I I got that so late. Danax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fighter of the night, Nax. <laughs> Champion of the sun. 
Anyway, it's six feet tall and it's freaking heavy as hell and it looks badass there. <laughs> I was like, yes, that was, that was like good. It was very weapons. good. Let me finish this. Anyway. I, I, I can't hear anything you're saying. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, I got it. Say it again. <laughs> we'll call the podcast Scategories and you give me a category and I shit all over it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. That's perfect. Well, we have to do it now. Get it, guys. Get it. Scat. Ha, ha, ha. It's a pun. Categories. <laughs> Scategories. That's great. I like that. Here's the right, You want to finish your thing, Michael? <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, that's uh, that was me. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, me, me gushing about Man at Arms is that because I really don't have anything going on this week. Yeah. Uh, next week, though, um, I'm going to Universal with some friends. Um, next week, um, isn't that when we're having um, Odin again? Uh, yes, we're having Odin next week. That's right. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, from yeah, the sa- yeah, from the same channel as Man at Arms Reforged. We're having Odin from DIY Prop Shop next yes. week. So, and oh, and his own channel now, Odin makes. Check it out. I've watched his first couple episodes. He is a, he does more of what he does best, and he's so good at it. All right, so um, you ready for me to do the the spiel? Do the thing. All right. Um, if you would like to reach us at Nerd Podcast Radio, you can do that on the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page. You can also reach us by email at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, anthony.com. Twitter would be at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, and at NerdcastRadio. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us. Yeah, I did yeah. that so quick. You had no idea I was done. I was like, shit, he's done. So, yeah. And that's our show, guys. Yeah, we, I, we I, finished yeah, in guys. eight minutes. But believe it or not, I had a good time shitting on Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I had a dollar for every Russian prostitute that said that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want to make I'm, a joke. I want to make a well, joke. So bad. <laughs> I'm going to take a soundbite of that and put it on the front page of our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, this was a really fun episode, and it's nice to poke fun at you know things that that you like. Well, at least that I like. And uh, Brent, thank you so much for being here. You were great. You oh. you you brought. You actually had some very good points. You shed a lot of light on things that we hadn't seen before and things. Uh, you converted Brian, which was <laughs> it's amazing. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not hard. <laughs> Take two pills. It will get. I'm malleable. <laughs> You're making it worse. <laughs> anyway, great episode, guys. Brent, I look forward to having you back on and we're going to shit on something else. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> and you know what? Remember, that's Nerd, that's Nerd Podcast Radio. I've been your host, Special Mikey, along with me always is Hindu Anthony. Goodbye, everyone. See, he woke up some. Super Vegan Brian. Shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> and our special guest, Brent Bowser. Now get back to your castle. You got a princess tied up over there. I do. I'm a gonna ween. <laughs> yeah, so that's been Nerd Podcast Radio, everybody. And remember, as always, stay, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Anthony, say goodbye, Brian. Come on. I didn't say stay awesome with my boy. I don't do it every week. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like we're in a relationship or anything. <laughs> and I'm not recording anymore now. Thanks for listening to our nerd show.
Shh. 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 Shh.